0: I'm going to change what it means to be human.
1: say that he was going to change what it meant to be human? Hello everyone and welcome to the Whovian Review. I'm Michael. I'm Shelby. And I'm Colin. And tonight we're going to be talking about the Lazarus Experiment. This is episode 6 of season 3.
2: So one thing I want to launch into right away is I thought Martha was a star in this episode. I thought she was awesome. I wish she was always like this. She, you know, came up with all the great ideas, went forward and did everything, you know, largely that needed to be done other than actually playing the organ. And Preach. And, you know, and she was all around, you know, strong and fierce and confident and, you know, so amazing. Yeah, and even
0: past her own competence and, and greatness in this episode, it's a very central Martha episode. We come back to her time. Her and, family. Yeah, and her Fish. family. Trish sister. is the one who pulled pulled them into it, you know? If And I like how her brother, you know, says, if anything, you
2: know, this whole thing is her
0: fault.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I gotta
2: say, Francine is no Jackie. <laughs>
1: no, Francine is is definitely not as warm and fuzzy and, and cuddly and lovable as Jackie Tyler was. More fierce, more mama bear. Yeah, but
2: that and, makes and sense. very, you know, yeah, like very pushy for children to be successful, which makes sense since, you know, all of her kids... Well, Well, the two girls, anyways, are successful. I don't know where to put it. Given her
1: background, though, it makes sense. She's a mother who has lost her husband to some, what, 20-something-year-old blonde uh, that he's probably gone off on a midlife crisis for. And so she has to protect her her children as best as she can. She's going to reel them in even closer as a result. Oh, yeah.
2: It definitely makes sense. It just, you know, makes her harder to like.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, it, that's true. She is definitely harder to like. But I... but I know, I,
0: I respect her. I um, I think she commands respect, and I think she looks out for her, her family. And I think that's... Well, happening.
2: I think she demands respect. I'm not sure if she necessarily commands it.
0: Uh, that's 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 potentially fair. I know, I, I will have to see more. You know, I think she is over-necessarily worried. I think she's been swayed by this new character that we see... Just uh, this one guy in a uh, black bow tie just comes onto the scene with ominous music and warnings about the doctor.
2: Yeah, and we find out that he is working for this mysterious Harold Saxon who keeps coming up and was helping to fund this whole experiment.
0: Yeah, if nothing else, this episode might be a a nice slow roll for that introduction and and
2: what might uh, be to come. This is not the first time we've heard about Harold Saxon. But the first time he's been, you know, in any way influential, you know, on the plot, at least visibly.
1: He sent out one one of his henchmen to put words of death and destruction with the doctor in um, Martha's mother's ear. Unfortunately, that's not necessarily a good thing. Oh, not necessarily? (laughs) (laughs) Not necessarily. (laughs) That's an understatement. Oh, but yeah, I think Francine obviously is getting mixed signals here. She's seeing the doctor helping her and and saving her life. At the same time, she's thinking that he's she's being told he's dangerous. So she sees the danger that surrounds him. I think that kind of feeds into that quite easily, especially when her kids are go, are actually following the doctor into the dangerous territory. Yeah. Could you you even imagine being a mother actually having to watch your children go off with some stranger? Oh no, no! no, I mean, like her
2: reaction is totally understandable, especially because and even Jackie reacted that way.
1: And and feasibly (laughs) from
0: her perspective, I mean, she's known this guy for what a matter of hours, yeah. Seemingly, (laughs) who knew that uh, there's actually been all of these instances and real amount of time going in with these really relationship-building moments. Yeah, that's hard
1: to get across. Yeah, especially since Martha puts a lot of faith in the Doctor. She, I think, in a sense, she loves him in in a, in a very real way. But I think it's it's a blossoming love. It's not something like Rose had at this point. It's, she's more, at least with Martha, she's more cautionary, which also kind of shows up when she's trying to leave the TARDIS twice in this episode. Once at the beginning, and she almost doesn't have to deal with the Doctor after that. But then he comes back for her.
2: Well. He didn't... She, she wasn't trying to leave at the beginning. He was trying to leave her at the beginning.
1: True, but she was also coming to terms with it. So she was trying to put, get herself ready for it. And she was, like, building up that that potential. And then all of a sudden, the TARDIS comes right back again. So it kind of is a false sense of reality for her. And she gets that the idea, oh, well, maybe the Doctor isn't so enamored with Rose and actually does like me.
2: Yeah, but I think that, like... Also, that really comes to a head at the very end of this episode when, mm-hmm. you know, Martha finally stands up for herself and says, hey, I can't be this temporary thing, it's too hard on me, so either I'm staying or I'm going with you full time.
1: To which the doctor says, okay, and she's like, okay, I guess that's it. And he's like, no, I meant, okay, now you can come with us, come on, let's go. <laughs> it's funny yeah. how that works out. Yeah,
0: I thought that, that had, like, a, a lot of emphasis... If, was just kind of glossed
2: over really
1: quickly. I guess it was kind of a nice moment, but it, it seemed like a lot of build-up for. You know, yeah, how it was resolved. She gets to use the sonic screwdriver too. Quite a bit, and and very effectively. And yeah, and it was, it was very
2: clear that like she just had dealt with it before, or else the doctor. So,
1: did Rose even use it? Yeah, a couple times. But I mean, Martha seems to be a pro now. She is a, doc, a medical student, so maybe she gets the gets it a little bit better than Rose does. Yeah, <laughs> could be. Yeah, I buy that. I mean, she even let everybody out of the building,
2: right? Which, two times over. You know, really, in in real life, they all like there would have been a ton of people crushed against those doors. Oh, easily, absolutely. And maybe there were. You know, we
0: only saw a quick glimpse.
2: <laughs> yeah, that true. Was for
0: a good reason, for the BBC's
2: ratings. <laughs> yeah, that would have been pretty pretty disturbing to have that. So
1: Sherlock's own Mark Gattis actually comes in and becomes Professor Lazarus for this. How did you? What did you think of him and his? Portrayal and his villain.
0: Well, know. I liked him. I,
1: I thought he did a, a great job. I thought it was one of the one of the saving
0: graces of this episode was just his chemistry with the Doctor. I really like their um, you
2: know repertoire back and forth with it. And what about the scene with his wife? Oh, that was brutal. Where he's just like, "I won't waste another lifetime on you. Look at you. You disgust me. I can't yeah. even kiss you anymore." And then he kills her. And Did she's said like, he like, also te- but he
1: also says he learns it from her. She's also just as ruthless. So she probably, And that's why she takes
2: it rather, relatively decently. Well, I think also she's probably in shock. But, you know, I'm just saying, like, I mean, obviously they were well-matched yeah, together. How much yes. do you guys think that is natural
0: character from Lazarus and how much might have been the experiment's effects already taking
1: its toll? I that think a
2: lot character. of it was him. Yeah.
1: I think a lot of it also probably was the experiment gone wrong. Yeah, I, was I, I don't think it was made. I don't think I it was made clear. I think what the the I think the experiment gone wrong is probably more the monster that he becomes and when he, his DNA starts shifting.
2: I think the other aspects were more to indicate that he already was a little bit of a monster, but you know clearly molded by a lot of rough life and circumstance. True. You know, clawed his way to the top type of thing.
1: And it looks like he was on to Trish as soon as his wife was dead. So he, uh, he was on to
2: Trish before he turned young. Well,
1: this is true. This is true. He liked Trish. Now, that's right. He had his hand <laughs> stomp- stomping on her hand. Just he at least to really liked by. soap.
2: Yeah, he <laughs> was like trying to cough her perfume and she blew him off.
1: Yeah. But then she was going to snog him when he was young, so... That was, yeah. That was a little creepy, actually.
2: It, it, it was. <laughs> In and a weird
1: way. It seemed like a career-based move, because, like, this guy feasibly just changed the world. And, I don't know. It Trish, like... Trish was enamored by the fact that he was able to change himself and potentially become a... a
2: but I think it had a lot more to do with the fact that he was physically young.
1: Oh, yeah, he was much more physically attractive when he was younger than when he was older.
2: Also, he looked, it's like, way
0: more than 78 when they had the makeup I don't on. know. I, I think, you know, the older version had a nice silver
1: fox thing going on personally. Well, if you look at Joe Biden, who's 77, and you look at this guy, yeah, I think he looked older than 77 or 78. <laughs> to be fair, he, was, he looked like he was at least in his mid-80s. Yeah, I mean, like, 90s.
2: the woman who played his wife, she looked, you know... Yeah, maybe that's, so. you
1: know,
0: some of the makeup of the time, just like the CGI of the time has definitely... Oof, uh, yeah. Yeah, any, it any didn't horror effects well. that it might have had on on the moment, yeah, it did not age well today, for today's eyes. So If you want to take it seriously... You know, you
1: can't also help but smile a little bit. There was yeah. one scene where it looked like they paid more attention to the detail, and that was on the one scene where he's chasing the doctor, and then the camera turns upside down, and then he goes up on the ceiling, so he turns upside down. And then it keeps tr- yeah, to follow him
2: all the way around. Yeah, that's
1: exactly the same way that they dealt with the Krillitane in School Reunion when they were chasing the doctor and companion.
2: And also, speaking of the Krillitane, in that same episode, they kind of had a similar theme to this episode, which is the whole uh, "if you live too long, you lose everyone" and that sort of thing. It did have a similar thing going on because the
1: Krillitane were a, a race that kept that that killed off other races and then took on their their attributes and then kept living as a result. So they were ancient, well, not ancient, but they were older, an older race that that definitely
2: knew. Well, plus they time. wanted to stagnate
1: the universe. Yes, this is true. Um, but the Doctor, I think, is the central focus on on knowing what it's like to lose people and to live such a long life. and And it's kind of him trying to put these villains or these characters in their place.
2: Yeah, but I kind of thought that, like, he was unfairly judgmental on Lazarus. Now, Lazarus didn't seem like he was probably a great guy before or after the experiment, and, you know, obviously the way he put the machine together had some major flaws in it, but even so, like, the doctor seemed to really, like, be shaming him for, like, wanting to and, like, trying to do this, and it's like, well, it's easy for the doctor co- to condemn when he just regenerates and does the exact same thing, but it's, you know, biological.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, Shelby. And, and honestly, I think that whole kind of moral and deep of the story is really off base. If we can extend human life and it can be comfortable, I, I think that's something that we should all strive for. I don't think it necessarily needs to be, um, you know, something of a experiment gone wrong, you know, going against all of human nature um, to be able to have better quality years.
2: But then at the same time, you've got, you know... If everyone can live forever, eventually society stagnates because you can't just keep producing more people. So you just end up with the same people in charge perpetually, and no new no ideas are able to come out. Well, you need to make a you know societal decision
0: on you know what your birth rate and how that affects your your death rate too. But um, I think it's worth a, a larger conversation. I mean, if if we were to cure any disease, we're going to extend you know lifelines and you could have the, be talking
1: about the same trade-offs. it seemed to me though that the doctor was explaining all this to Lazarus and being critical of him not because he was critical of him trying to progress humanity i think the doctor was feeling the uh, the the sands of time himself because he knows what it's like to live extra lives and you and because he was this guy Lazarus was just trying to make Money and trying to kind of rush this experiment as opposed to really trying to delve into the actual nitty-gritty and actually make sure everything was safe before he did it. I think that's where the doctor was kind of, like, judging him on that.
2: And that's fair because, frankly, as a a scientist, how could he not have, like, run some lab rats through it at some point, you know? Had some sort of measured results. Like, I can understand him wanting to be the first human to go through it, but, like... I mean, feasibly he did, and maybe it had a different result
0: on rats, but I I think he was old enough at this point in time, and he was ready to roll the dice. I think he made his position clear. And you're right, that is what the Doctor openly criticized, but I thought this whole episode had more of a theme of, you know, um, better to let nature take its course. Um, Nature will find a way. Right, and if you're a Time Lord, that's a natural... Even though I feel like, you know, there's always this natural um, inquisitiveness with every time he just wants to live more and see every kind of part of the world. It's a lot
1: of... What well, could also be the doctor's idea that he's lived this long and he knows what it's like to have to go through so many lifetimes and not necessarily be as satisfied as someone who, like you said, lives for 20 years and goes through the same amount of life as someone who's lived for okay, 60 years. Okay,
2: but we also know that the doctor's capable of deciding to not regenerate and to just die instead. And he doesn't make that choice. So to, to say that, oh, this is the better way of going, you should, you know, respect your amount of time and not take more than that and stuff, but then he doesn't do it. It's, it's hypocritical.
1: To a degree, although to be fair, the Doctor had been regenerating just fine up until this point in his incarnations. It was only the Twelfth Doctor that
2: actually was, would have been the hypocritical one. Uh, but then in the same in the 12th Doctor story, also the first Doctor. Hey, well, maybe sure. the next Doctor will be a hideous scorpion man
0: person.
1: <laughs> well, it's been, it has been established in Doctor Who lore that it's possible that the Doctor has been animals as well as human-like creatures. So you uh-huh. never know. <sighs> um, that was a Novice Haim story that they, uh, did an audio for with David Tennant and the actress who played Novice Haim. Where novice is dying and she gives her last message to the doctor. And in that and while she's narrating, she does talk about the multiple forms that the doctor has, and she mentions animals as well as men and women. So it's like, oh my, what where are they going with this? <laughs> this was Russell T. Davies, by the way, so he wrote that one. Huh. Imagine if the doctor turned into a giraffe. <laughs> Or a slug.
2: Well, I don't know. I mean, will the CGI be the level as it was in this episode?
1: (laughs) I think we should go keep it with the human actor, not the uh, animalia.
2: (laughs) It it would be a real shame if a dog got to be the doctor before an American.
0: (laughs) Well, what if the the dog got to
2: be a doctor but was voiced by an American? (laughs) Then
0: the big
1: question is, what does canine call the doctor at that point? Oh, no. <laughs> Alpha? <laughs> Alpha. Omega. Ah, uh, this is getting interesting. Anyway, back to the Lazarus experiment. Um, so, we have the family, we have Lazarus. Anything else that we can think of about this episode? Any Anything that you didn't like, that you thought was just like, uh well, we talked about the CGI
0: that's, that had some effects. Um, I was really intrigued, and I thought uh, Martha's family had like a fun aspect to it. But at the end of it, throughout, I, I kind of felt let down. Um, I expected a little bit more um, from them in terms of you know some character development, seeing some other sides. Um, it seemed you know either vague or one dimensional.
1: Would have been nice to have a goodbye sequence for Trish and the Doctor. Yeah. Because or even Trish and Martha because. That's, it was almost like immediately after they, they, they had no bridge between the time that, that Trish is running around with them. And what would be even more interesting is if they actually had Trish go back to her mother. And that would have had another scene. And it wouldn't have to take that much time. But it just seemed like there's a missed opportunity for a little bit more of the family to have a, a shining moment. At least from me, my standpoint. Right. Um. Any hokiness in this for you guys?
0: Yeah, definitely. It's a it's certainly like a monster of the week type feel, um, where you come in and it ends up just at one point, you know, kind of divulging from plot and going into a attempted slasher um, that I, I didn't think
1: played very well. I think the death by organ thing was a bit odd too. I mean, that I mean, yeah. Yeah. yes. I guess it was just a last minute decision to put him in the church that he had already been in for when he was going through these times. Yeah, and yeah. why why was he suffering from that so much more than Martha, who could not cover
0: her ears at all?
2: Yeah, um, during that incident. Martha and Trisha would have definitely. It's Trisha, right? Yeah, who would have definitely uh, been deafened in right. that scenario. It's, it's Letricia or Trish. yeah, But or no, Tish. They, they can hear the
0: doctor calling out from stories and stories beneath them. Just like, yeah. hey, how are you? And respond within a second.
1: So.
2: Right. I, yeah, I also thought it was, I mean, I mean, I get why they did it, but, like, it was weird that he turned into, like, a full scorpion. You would think that if you had DNA that was fluctuating and pulling out, you know, other genes from someone in our past that could be, you know, represent themselves in different ways, it, you know, first of all, wouldn't be consistent, and second of all, wouldn't be consistent with one other creature. Like, it would be like, you know, one arm would have a lobster claw and the other one would be like a bear or a dolphin or, you know. You know it seems I like it would be it's more It's hard to say,
0: um, you know, because even when you're developing in the womb, you can take on a lot of different features that'll look like a lot of different animals, a lot of different animal embryos. Um, over time I think you know it might be feasible to turn on a, a few different pathways and get a lot of similar um, kind of traits like I, I think like some have theorized that there's a, just a few different genes that you really need to tweak within chickens to start getting things that look a lot like velociraptors
1: hmm. well, imagine if we had velociraptors running around in chicken coops yeah this
0: is kind of a, a, a <laughs> timely sounds tiny, adorable yeah, it's highly news <laughs> in the world uh, recently there's a Nobel Prize just awarded um, for some work on CRISPR, which has to do with gene editing uh, that we have right here. So this could be just a
2: precursor of our future. Yeah, uh, a few last scary thought. Of, Well, yeah, because uh, CRISPR uh, is actually done on adults, not embryos. So yes, yeah, so it, the same it same can sort be done
0: way. on both.
1: It's very specific gene editing um, and could unlock a lot of potentials. So you're saying that our potential could be a CGI version of a scorpion? With a man's face on it. Hey, you can't rule it out. With the right motivation. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, has there been anything in any of those studies indicating that you could potentially create uh, continuously mutating DNA? That, that, that seems a little That
0: seems a little bit different than the balance of CRISPR, how they are today, but I, I could be wrong. Potentially there are some genes that could affect other genes, but uh, that, that's out of my purview.
1: Well, I think it's come to the time where we decide to rate this Ratings!
0: Episode.
1: Ratings! Tom, what do you think?
0: Oh, me. My opinion. All right, well, I really like the setup of this episode. I, I thought it was nice to have Martha coming back and only a day has passed since all the time that we've known Martha. Really, less than a day. Uh, we saw that just in in the hub with her mother. And I, I liked uh, bringing her family into the mix, making that central... And I like the the idea and the concept behind this, you know, the Fountain of Youth via experimentation. Um, I, I thought it was a really fun setup, but I thought it quickly devolved into, you know, a hokey kind of slasher story with a monster of the week. Um, in a lot of regards, it was a fun romp, but at the same time, I feel like this episode was just forced to be extended. We, we could have had probably a half an hour and they could have covered all of the meaningful plot and made the best connections and it would have been a better story that way, honestly. Um, so I, I feel like it, this episode was in some ways its own worst enemy. It had a, a lot of good potentials and they really cut it, cut it short and just extended things out um, and it became a little bit boorish. I love the element of uh, Martha and her character here. But I, I thought the other characters in it, the, the development was lacking. Um, some intriguing things for the future coming in um, around Harold Saxon. Um, but uh, time will tell. For me, this episode is going to get a 6 out of 10. Is
1: that your lowest rating
0: yet? It's not my lowest rating yet. I've gone lower, but it's been a while. Okay. It's been a while. Definitely this season, it's my, it's my lowest
2: Alright, well, I will go next, and I have to say I agree with, with really everything Colin just said. I mean, I think that, you know, this story did start off with a lot of potential, and I just, I kind of feel like they could have done something a little bit more intrigued about it than a straight, you know, kind of slasher monster of the week thing, because... You know, instead of re-delving into the doctor's opinion on extended life, they really could have, you know, had some other things going on with Lazarus. That he had intermittent, like, like, was in horrible pain and turned into some sort of blob thing and then would change back into a human for a few minutes of, you know, great quality of life and really you know, delve into the is-it-worth-it aspect of it, and, you know, something like that along those lines might have been a more interesting way to fill up more of the time rather than having him die and come back to life and then die again, but we assume this time it's for real because he turned old again for some reason. And, you know, and the conclusion was a little bit lackluster as well. But that said, I, I think this, this is certainly one of if, You know, one of Martha's best episodes, I think, that she really shown here. Um, So I am also going to give this one a six.
1: Well, so I'm not repetitive in saying the exact same things that everybody else has said, because I do agree with what you said. I'm going to suggest that uh, the potential for this episode was lacking in the fact that I I wanted something more time-traveled. Esk with this. He was reducing the, the amount of years on him. It would have been fun to see what would have happened if they used this device in other ways. Mm. Um, there are other things that you could do with this device. You mean like seems. in City of Death? Possibly, yeah.
2: Where, where they, they had a machine in, in City of Death, fourth Doctor story, where they could do isolated changes in time so they could actually turn a chicken egg into a chicken or backwards potentially into, like, a, an, egg. an egg. And so,
1: yeah, there, there's a lot of time travel potential. And But here's the thing. Doctor Who typically is a Monster of the Week episode. So it doesn't <laughs> surprise me that they go with a Monster of the Week. Um, this is probably one of the weakest Monster of the Weeks uh, ah. ever um, in terms of in terms of just its its creation, its it, the creativity behind it and its design. I mean, the face didn't even look like Mark Gatiss, obviously. And obviously, we have to know that this was CGI in its early age uh, stages for Doctor Who, uh, which is still much better than it probably would have been had we had this in 1983. I mean, oh my God! Some of the monsters, like in like in the Warriors of the Deep, the Merca for that. Oh my goodness! Everybody run quickly. Um, but I mean, as far as design go, I think there could have been a lot better. Um, I agree that Mar the 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 crux of the story is not just Martha's story, which really worked well, but also also I believe Tish, um, her sister, and the relationship between the two, um, and then how that's affected by mom and a very very small amount the brother. Um, But um, I think the true story comes with Martha and her sister, and I think that was told very well. I'm also going to rate this out of six.
2: Whoa! Across the board, high Am five, I guys! An or just <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow! I
1: was actually thinking six pretty much the whole time that we were talking. So I just Has naturally was like, with the three up. of us, I it may be. I don't know. Maybe. At it least is. close. It would have been 0.5 of each other, but. Yeah, this is just kind of a, an average, middle-of-the-road, not, not a really great, not a really horrible story.
2: Yep. It is
1: what it is. Well,
2: let us know if you have a different opinion. You can email us at thehoopinggrew at gmail.com. Let us al- know if you have the same opinion. You can email us at, at <laughs> you can Just give us all sixes. Instagram and Facebook and uh, YouTube.
1: Now, next week, we will not probably be doing 42 because this podcast has already done an episode of 42. What? what
0: Michael, where could we
1: listen to this? Yeah. Maybe you could go to HipCast or you could listen to it from on iTunes. I, on iTunes. You could also... Uh, it's not on Facebook, I don't believe, but it, you can find it. It's and out and there.
2: if you want us to suddenly post all of our legacy episodes on Facebook, let us know that. Otherwise, we won't do it. <laughs>
1: We will we will attempt to also uh up start uploading everything to YouTube eventually.
2: Alright, well have a good night guys.
1: Thanks y'all. Au revoir. Bye bye.